and welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast. And today I'm joined by comic designer, DJ and filmmaker, Etienne Kubwabo. Hello, Etienne. Hey, hi, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to speak to you. Oh, I'm really pleased that we could uh, catch up because we're going to talk about Beats of War that I'm showing to the camera here, which is, I mean, it's, it's a comic, but... There's so much more going on around it, which we'll talk about uh, as we come to it. But it's Scotland's first black superhero, um, E.T., who is a kind of alien in new surroundings, and those surroundings are Glasgow. So what's the inspiration for it? I mean, like, um, I moved to Glasgow in 2009. So when I moved here, I struggled so much to fit in, first of all, with the language and, you know, going to university and college making friends. So I kind of struggled that way to get into the system, make friends, you know, figure out how things run here. And I've, I made some really good friends after a few years in college, obviously I learned how to speak English. Uh, they showed me how things work here. I had a bit of iron blue, tested some haggis, you know, <laughs> a bit of Scottish, but I also had some negative experiences like living here because obviously coming um, uh, meeting my family who, who are already here, you come, when you come to Western world country, you've got this positive mind. You feel like it's, that, it's the, like the perfect world, no problem. But I got some things like being stopped by the police like a couple of times because I'm driving a sign car or having a security guy sh follow you around the whole, in the shop, thinking maybe you, you can buy something or you're going to steal something. So all these things that I, I experienced living here, I just, never knew how I could have, I could convey or communicate to the world how I feel about these experiences. And one time it was like three o'clock in the morning. That's when I always get the ideas. I was like, what if I could create a superhero and just kind of like bring in all these elements of things that I've experienced living in Glasgow. And that's how Beats of War was born. Because you, I believe you studied filmmaking, didn't you? That was what you were doing at the college. Yeah, I was doing filmmaking with uh, uh, Clyburn College, which is now merged with another college in, in, in Paisley, which is West of Scotland College now. Uh, that's where I did my NC to HND, and then I went to Cardone University to do that course. But along the way, when I was doing that, I was already shooting videos, doing stuff for people for free. And yeah, I was really experienced. And I also did my uh, first feature film with a friend of mine, and I'm currently working on a second one, yeah. Because I was wondering whether you, you obviously superhero films are big business yeah. or big deals at the moment. If you were yeah. originally wanting to do this as a film or was it always going to be a comic book? I wanted to do it as a film because remember, think about it. Like when I was in Africa, I used to watch Spider-Man, The Adventures of Tintin. And I, I like these superheroes and what they stand for. But obviously, because I was a kid and, you know, if I was, I was going to ever get an opportunity to meet an amazing team or move to Scotland and be able to create this. So me being in Scotland and, you know, having access to all these resources and friends and people who can help out, I'm planning on doing it as a film because obviously I'm a filmmaker. So there's a lot of things I've done in the comic book that I really want to do in film, but it requires a lot of budget. Yes. And I wanted the people of Scotland and the rest of the world to be introduced to the character, first of all, before you smash them with the film. But yeah, I've got a plan of doing it as a film. I want to represent Glasgow and Scotland to the world because a lot of American films come here and they start changing traffic lights. They start making it look like New York. And that. I'm like, imagine having our own character that is connected to the city. You know, like 
Braveheart. When you speak of Braveheart, everybody thinks about Scotland. So I want to have a superhero that represents Scotland and, you know, stands for the people of Scotland, you know, and the rest of the world. It's funny you should say that because I was watching uh, World War Z for the first time. I'd never seen it before. And I'd forgotten that they filled some in Glasgow. I go, that's George Square. What, I, that was, all that was running about George Square. And the, 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 this clip was like about five minutes in the movie. And that scene is Philadelphia, you see? I know, we both know that's Glasgow, but I know that's film, that's how film works. They have to cheat with exterior photography, but I want to create stories that are best here so that when you see this movie, you can tell, oh, this is Goebbels, or oh, this is Paisley, this is what's going on. So people outside the world would be like, would be curious to want to find out these places. You know, like when you go to Brooklyn, New York, you're always thinking about Spider-Man, you know? It just, it just, there's something, there's some connection it builds with the people and, the, it, it, you know, it helps people have a strong love for that country that represents this superhero. So that's what I really want to do. I think that's really interesting because there are certain cities in the world, and New York's an obvious one, Paris is another one where, that's so iconic because they've been on film so often, mm. so many times. And um, whereas Glasgow is used as a backdrop often, but there's not that many representations that are well-known around the world. Yeah, exactly. That's why when you see the comic book, you will see the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. If you start looking at the buildings that we put in the comic book, are uh, the, the actual buildings where people live in, like the exterior photography is really referenced to Glasgow and the rest of Edinburgh and the Scotland, because we want to highlight that, you know, if we don't start celebrating our own city through film and, uh, you know, books, I mean, who's going to do it for us? So yeah, I'm pretty excited. And just knowing that some kids were calling me this, we know this hospital, we've been there before, you know, and <laughs> you can tell it just, it builds that hype and that whole excitement. I love it. I love it. It's a really important thing because I think you, not only are you maybe promoting um, the city elsewhere, but you're making the people that already live there feel prouder about where they are and things. Just if people can see on the cover and those listening, you've got the Finiston Crane and the Squinty Bridge, uh, you know, down by Finiston on the cover there, and there are plenty of other. It's a real joy to go through it and go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, St Vincent Street or whatever. Yeah, and there's a bit of Scottish humour as well, you know. You, you you have to. There's a bit of there's some people from London and New York who've already they're like calling me back, like, "What does this mean?" I'm like, um, "Yeah, this is what it means to you guys." So, <laughs> so it's it's good to have that little sort of touch to it, so that people of Scotland can feel proud to be connected to this character that that stands for something. So I'm really excited, really. Like if you see the sort of like work process we go through trying to write this and yeah. make sure that we, we, we show these places of Glasgow. It's crazy, but it's all fun and I'm excited about what's to come. And it's a really interesting way of, um, if you are looking to make a film, you're not just giving a, a written synopsis, but you're actually showing some visuals here, which um, I, I remember reading Mark Miller's um, The Ultimates, which was his take on the Avengers. And um, he, this was the first time that Nick Fury looked like Samuel L. Jackson before Samuel L. Jackson played Nick Fury. Yeah. And you think he's basically pitching to make a film, which of course they did eventually. And I could see the same thing happening with this. Was that always in the back of your mind? Yeah, it's always been on my mind because obviously, you know, as a new filmmaker right now, I've worked on a, a psychological horror film. Right now I've, I'm working on a drama thriller. I'm trying to stay in my lane 
with budgets and the type of thing I can do right now, but having a vision at the back of my mind, can you imagine that whole excitement if a trader drops and yes. it's based on this superhero in Scotland, in Glasgow, and it's just a story, a brand new story, highlighting the history, the exterior, just having that a bit of, you know, that sort of, you know, accent from Glasgow, you know, it's just something that the world needs to have a test of. And just, I, f- I feel like it's something I've always had at the back of my mind and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Excellent. And so this is issue one. Yes. Um, how Have you got a kind of idea of how long you're going to tell the story for? Or are you just... Okay, so, yes, now I get too excited. It feels like the first time, you know, Captain America grabs the hammer from Thor <laughs> when I'm talking about these comic books. But uh, I've written... I've written, I kind of written down a synopsis and structured idea of the whole plot from issue one to 10. Right now we were, we, we kind of like going through scripts of one to five. So every year we will drop two. I'm not going to mention which date, but it's going to be mid year and the end of the year because people keep emailing us. They're like, when is the next issue out? You know, we want to know what happens with the Reza gang and whatever. So we're going to do up to five issues and then from uh, five issues, we're going to go to like a back of, backstory of uh, it is mom or his sister or a backstory in Glasgow in 1920s. Can you imagine Glasgow in 1920s in a comic book? I think that would be really freaking awesome because I've been doing a lot of research and I was like, whoa, there's so much I don't know about Glasgow and Edinburgh that I feel like having that in the story would be very mind-blowing. Well, Absolutely. And I was going to ask you when the next one was coming out as well, because I can't wait to read what goes on. There's a fantastic last page where you kind of meet, as you said, the Razor Gangs. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but there is a feel that this isn't just a brand new gang. This is a gang that's been there over a period of time. So it's interesting to hear you talk about the history and perhaps going back to the history of the city and, and the other places in Scotland. I feel like I feel like for me, even researching on these characters, I feel like there's some sort of style and, you know, the way they dressed smart and they were quite violent and scary as well. And I feel like highlight, highlighting stories like that will make people of Glasgow be like, oh, this happened and now see, we have to embrace it. I know this has happened. And I feel like it creates that whole connection. And I feel like I can bring a good touch to that story different from other directors around the world somewhere who if you've not lived here if you know you don't know these stories you can bring it around so yeah i'm pretty excited about it honestly i'm really excited and what were your other influences for the comic book i mean you're a comic book fan it sounds like you really are uh like comic book writers i'll have to say stanley that's like the main guy that obviously i've looked up to all his characters from the black panther and man Hulk, all these characters that he's created are amazing, you know? And um, I, I've always been a Marvel fan, but also coming to Scotland, Mark Mirror, this yeah. guy is just representing the whole country. Come on, I have to give it out for him. And these uh, comics that he did for Kick-Ass, I think those were my favorite ones. And obviously he's, he's, he's had his own take on other superheroes, which is really awesome. But this one was kind of different and I felt like, because I was a teenager when that kind of came out and I, I connected to the character and what, what it meant to be a superhero. And yeah, those are like my true two, two inspirations. And obviously I like stuff from DC, like Superman and the writers of, you know, Batman. Those are like dark uh, sort of comics. And 
with me, with my story as well, when it gets to issue six, we're going to be a little bit dark, like 18, you know, 18s and plus will be reading that so that we can kind of tap into a real situations that are going around. So those are my inspirations. Stanley really, his story, how no one believed Spider-Man. You know, the first time he pitched Spider-Man to his publisher, the publisher was like, no, who's going to read a kid who's got problems from high school, who's got spider powers, you know? And then when they released it, it blew up. Everybody wanted to see Spider-Man. So his story and then his characters together kind of inspired me to create what I'm creating. And honestly, when I went to watch Black Panther, when it came out in the cinema, I was blown away. Yeah. I was blown away. That's when I said, I need to do mine. I need to do my own take with this story of where I come from and Scotland, which has become my second home and bring those two worlds together, which I think is going to be freaking awesome. Uh, that's fantastic. And I'm a huge Marvel fan myself, I have to say. You know, right from being um, from very young, it's some of the first things that I uh, read and got into. And I think you're right what Stan Lee did and other writers for Marvel, but he set the template, was concentrate on the characters first and had them in the real world. So it wasn't that they were necessarily other people. It was just ordinary people that these things had happened to and they had got their superpowers in a, a, an interesting way. Mm -hmm. And Mark Miller, um, yeah, he's not just for what he's done with Marvel, but also, as you say, for his own uh, Miller world and his own um, comics that he's put together. Uh, it is incredible, quite incredible. Yeah. I do love these guys. I feel like there's a way they put their characters to, you know, sort of interact with uh, people in normal lives and put them in cities and just so that you can relate to them. I mean, if you see Kick-Ass or Spider-Man, a, a kid who went to high school, had problems and, you know, who was not confident enough and he's got these powers now. He's to make, he has to make the right decisions so how he has to use the powers. So we can all relate to these characters and I think that's why I love all these uh, writers and people who have been inspired by and, you know, I keep getting inspired. I keep reading different things so that I can get inspired, but try and stay away from that and create my own, you know, a new work, which, uh, yeah, which I'm excited about. You've just reminded me actually that the crime writer, Denise Mina, had a run on the Constantine yeah. uh, comic books and I'd set some of them in Glasgow. So there was like the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery was central to it and, and doing that kind of stuff. And so, and it does, it kind of gives you a lift if you're from that place and you think, I've been there, I know that. And I think sometimes people underestimate that. Yeah, people don't. Sometimes, like, I went and watched this uh, Hobbs and Shaw film. It's an action movie. It's a spin-off to Fast and Furious. And they showed some scenes there in George Square again. And the way they shot it and the way they were cutting from different scenes, I was like, I know this place. I walk here. You don't get to appreciate a lot and unless you see it on screen and hear sound and then you, you start feeling loud about a place you live. And it, it kind of also inspires other filmmakers and people who are creating stuff to feel like they can do something yeah. in their city. You know, you don't need to go to America. You can do it from here and the world can still, you know, consume your products. And, you know, just, yeah, it makes me feel proud. And Glasgow is beautiful. Edinburgh is beautiful. Like, I have to play around all these stories, honestly. I just found out that there was an underground city in Edinburgh and I didn't know about. So imagine that in my story. That would be really cool. You know, you can just... <laughs> I can you tell can you're just... thinking about it even as we speak. So what can we do with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just, uh, it's it's a crazy mind of creators and writers. You you have to just sit down and imagine these things and just kind of escape. And I feel like that's why we all love these superhero stories. You escape and go to another fictional world. And we all need it right now. 
Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely, more than ever. So what's the process that you're working with? Do you write and have you got um, someone doing the uh, drawing? And, you know, how, how is it that the process works? So what, what happens, because I've got experience in writing screenplays and scripts for film, so when I got into this, I didn't know that comic books work differently. You have to describe what's going on on a scene, on a sequence, so that the artist can go back and now draw what you described before they go into dialogue. Yeah. So um, I wrote my first script. So what, what I always do is I create the story, first draft. And then I've got a friend of mine called Gary, who I work with, who is a profession. He's been to comics for like 15 years. He, he's been to comic cons and he's, he's releases on comic books. And then he goes back and goes through it and polishes it up, you know, yeah. and make sure that we stick to the story from the previous story. Because sometimes... I'm a filmmaker. I want to tell the whole story quickly. And he's like, Etienne, I think you're giving away too much. Slow down a little bit. Let's just tell a little bit of this story. So he, he keeps me in check. And then he goes back and restructures it, sends back to me. We go over it. And we're all happy. We send it over to the artist. So the artist as well, I'm really, really involved in how to send him images of references of where I want the city to be, you know, showcased in the comic book. For example, if there's a scene we love and want action to take place here, I have to mention that to him, send him pictures. And also I'm involved in doing sketches. My drawings are not amazing, but he knows what I'm looking for. He gets inspired. Yeah, yeah. He, he has to get inspired from my drawings, from the colors of the character, where he comes from, like reasons why I made the character to come from Kepler planet, because it's another planet found out by scientists, which is twice the size of Earth. So I feel like people could relate to that in a way. So yeah. that could represent where immigrants or people come from another country to move to a new country, come from and then come to Earth. Uh, is represented by Scotland, Glasgow. So I just wanted to play around all these ideas. So I'm kind of detailed in everything. I just don't want to randomly give a story out there without a sort of detail, even from like characters that are in uh, friends of mine, family, and people that I've lost in family that I feel like I could keep alive in the story and make sure that they can stay with me. So I just wanted to create that relationship and bond with the comic book as well. So you can tell I'm involved you know, but these guys are amazing, you know, from yeah. the artist, the uh, Gary, who's, who supervises everything, script editor and co-writer. And then you've got Rob Jones, who's the letterer. Oh, these guys are off the hook. They know what they're doing. It's exciting. It's a good team. It's an important relationship. I mean, perhaps the most important one in comics, as you say, it's different from making film or TV or something. Um, you really have to understand how everyone else works, don't you? Yeah, and I feel like teamwork is the only way you can actually do stuff. Because sometimes you do something and then you don't, you also get like, uh, you don't realize how the audience might react. So having other people's input that you're working with kind of gives you another perspective on where to take the story or how not to rush quickly into the story and how to kind of introduce certain characters in a way that is quite interesting as well. So sometimes, I open up a story with some characters falling from the sky and then Gary could be like, mm, can we bring that to the end? Kind of keep that exciting so that people read looking through this character and then they find him at the end and then we want to know what happens with this character. So it's just that sort of teamwork and respect for everybody's sort of expertise that kind of keeps us grounded and we know that every feedback is good feedback and that's how we, you know, we get the right work out there. So it's always a back and forth process, but 
I absolutely love it. The guys are awesome and they know what they're doing. And it really works. I mean, you've got this fantastic cover, uh, which want, you know invites you in to yeah. read it. And then I won't show the final one, but you've got a great uh, last one as well, reveal that makes people want to know what happens next. And I think those two things are always hugely important. Thank you. Who came up with the, the design concept then of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The space outfit, you know, the, the, how was that designed? Because there are bits in the book where you have got the kind of concept art. I can show that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. Is that your concept art? Yes. So I had uh, a first, uh, first uh, mask that I created out of uh, leather-like material that I, because I DJ as well, when I'm not making film, that's why you see the characters the DJ. So I used to wear that. So I sent him reference images of what, what I had created. And I also went and drew um, these sketches of this character in a costume, but my drawings are quite embarrassing, which I cannot show. <laughs> and I put a star in his chest and I felt like if he had power over star, a star is one of the powerful, you know, uh, what is powerful than the sun, I think. And I feel like if he had that sort of power from his chest and it's represented where he comes from. So all these sketches from the initial idea was mine, but Ben took those ideas and made them 10 times better. Like this guy is just crazy. He just, he looked at his like 80 and I think I can give him a little bit of a, an upgrade. I was like, okay, let me see what you come up with. And then he brought these uh, sketches. But also looking at the concept of the characters, the Etienne's, where they come from, yeah. those are based on the character references of people in Congo from, right. from old characters. So there's a hairstyle they used to have. So I wanted to have that sort of style. And then he suggested, look, how about we add in some sort of high tech a sort of machine that works on his, their brain, which makes them fast or something. So all these ideas, we kind of added them together, but I had these references that I sent to him and he kind of like made them better. Honestly, this guy is just, yeah, it's just the right people. I mean, like you need the right minds on these things to kind of create a, an epic project, isn't it? Absolutely. And you mentioned that you DJ there. And there's also a musical link as well, because before Christmas, I think just before Christmas, you released a single, a uh, DJ Etienne single. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I released the, so every comic book, we release a soundtrack single for each comic book. Reasons why is because I feel like um, there's so, I mean, if you've been to festivals or to music shows, you see how music brings people together. And then I kind of wanted to have that element of music that he comes from a planet where he's never heard of music. Right. And then this is how it makes him feel and how it brings people together. And, because music is a universal language, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian. Uh, if you're in a music festival and see how people are enjoying music, it's just that universal language. Everybody's happy, they're having fun, people are falling in love, it's beautiful. So I feel like having, having that element in, in the comic book was really paramount for me and really, yeah. So every issue, there's a song that comes with it you know, to kind of talk about a little bit of a story in, this, in the comic book. That's why Love for an Alien single talks yeah. about him crashing somewhere at the back of the house, and then he's introduced to this world. So it's the introduction, bits of all each one. So yeah, just so that I can give something to the music people as well. And when you were DJing, um, what was your kind of life like then? What's that side of life like for you? 
I mean, for DJing, I've got a lot of my friends, uh, like I've got a band called uh, Jerry Jen, who are my friends, in, they're in Sweden. I've got Jake Lewis and a couple other musicians that I work with. We two have been to Canada, we've done electric fields, all these big festivals in Glasgow. And I started off DJing in clubs. And then I met these friends who are really taking their music very seriously. And they're like, they've got shows. Do you, do you want to travel with us and DJ for us? And I really love that whole really? sort of concept, yeah, of DJing and opening for them and, uh, you know, mix their music before they perform. So, yeah, that's, and we traveled the world. We've been to New York and it's just a great story. And we've all, we, I've kind of brought in that sort of vibe and concept to the comic as well, because I feel like most of my friends are superheroes to me in some way because they are doing certain things to change the world. So, yeah. And a, you've also directed, I take it for your friends, quite a few music videos too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- I've... Uh, Yes, I've directed yeah, lots of videos, over 250, I think. Wow, man. Yeah. yeah, so I started off with music videos because it was the quickest way for me to tell a story. And um, it, just getting into film is quite scary, you know, knowing that you're going to shoot a one hour and 30 minutes film is scary. And obviously, uh, doubts because you're not sure if your script is going to work, how people are going to, you know. So I started off with music videos and freestyle videos because I wanted to get a bit of experience with cameras. So I started shooting nonstop. And then about 2017, I decided to be like, no, I'm not gonna shoot any more music videos unless it's a good pay or it's my project. I'm gonna focus on film storytelling, which has always been my passion. So film and comics, film and comics. And hopefully in a few years, I'm gonna do bits of war movie as well. That's just kind of like getting people ready. Let them read the story in the comics so that when they go to watch in the cinema, they can be like, ah, we know this place. Ah, we know the yeah. story from here. Yeah, so I just want to build that sort of audience of people who see my stories and see my take on storytelling, yeah. But it must be a really good um, way of learning the trade, if you like, of filmmaking by doing videos. I think sometimes um, things that you, you get taught in college, but you need the practical side of it, don't you, to get better, I think. Yeah, honestly. I mean, college, they'll teach you basics. I mean, if my lecturers are watching this, they'll probably say, like, that's true. Because I was always borrowing cameras out of college, and college always called me, like, who's got the cameras? We need them for the other students. Etienne took them for the weekend. He's not returned them yet. But uh, it took me a year to pick up a camera. I was really scared of what... I could create and if how people are going to judge it. But I think the more you practice and see what's done online, what I did is I watched a lot of tutorials online behind the scenes. And I'm like, these guys, what they're doing, I can do as well. So I started experimenting and shooting. And, you know, the more you do it, you start figuring out how it's done. And like you said, it's practice. You have to practice almost all the time, you know. And you said that you've uh, been in Scotland um, for 10 years, did you say, was that right, a decade ago? Yeah, 10 years now. Yeah, and have you seen Scotland kind of change since you've arrived? Um, uh, Scotland, for me, like from a, a film music uh, perspective, because that's of the, the industry I'm in a lot, and now I'm, in, I'm new to comics, um, so, like, it's changed. Like, there's a lot happening now in the entertainment. There's a lot of film stuff happening. People have got, a lot of artists have got stuff going on. People are releasing books, you know. And I feel like when I got here, there was a little bit of, you know, 
there wasn't much going on. It was more like maybe football, you know, these big games going on and we're like club nights. But now there's like a, a new scene of artists who are creating stuff, different content from film, music, and uh, Glasgow is growing, honestly. I mean, yeah. look at how many films are being shot in Glasgow now. It's uh, it, it's it's really changed even in the infrastructures. You can see how we have the hydro now. When I go here, there wasn't the hydro, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I think uh, it's changing. And I think companies now are working with local musicians giving them opportunities, you know, to kind of get their music out there through shows and stuff like that. Even BBC Scotland is doing some good stuff with young people. So it's, it's, it's slowly changing. I feel like things are changing and uh, we'll get there. Because I think what you, how you work is really interesting. I think, you know, across different uh, genres, you know, you're not going to go in, well, I'm a filmmaker and that's it or I'm a musician and that's it. And I think that is what's happening more and more that people are not just, you know, defining themselves by doing one thing. They're actually looking at how they can maybe do cross genre or work with other people. There's a lot of great collaboration, I think. Yeah, and I think that's how it's supposed to be because think about it. If you're, talking, if you're an artist or a writer, at some point, music element is involved in your work. If you're a filmmaker, you know, so you need to work with a musician. You need to work with an artist or a designer who's going to design your, your cover, you know, and I feel like that sort of collaboration you know, it, it's there and that's the only way we have to actually work. I mean, and I feel like even even if you're working with someone who's a writer and you're not a writer yourself, there's some sort of inspiration you get off them just by working them or just designing their cover from maybe their story and what they're trying to, you know, communicate with the world. So yeah, I think that's happening much. There's a lot of collaboration in sort of like all these, you know, works of life, trend in arts and whatever, yeah. yeah. And so what's next for yourself, but also what's next for Beats of War? So Beats of War, we're going to have issue two mm -hmm. this year and probably issue three. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> issue two is coming in a few months. We are like on it right now. And issue three, fingers crossed before they are ends, because I want to give people the stories. And I'm going to start shooting a new film, a drama, uh, about July, August, depending on the lockdown. So, sure. Beats of War and the film. That's it. Well, yeah, so it's I'm great because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, now more than ever, people need new stories and they need to be taken almost out of themselves and reimagined. Yeah. yeah, there's people in lockdown. People have been locked down a lot. And apart from the virus, people have been mentally affected in some way. And me and you both know that we miss the cinema, don't we? Yeah, just absolutely. go to the cinema, grab your popcorns and just have the experience of a movie and just go home. Cause you can't escape in some way. It's not the same at home. You know, when you oh. sit down and watch something, yeah, there's some, so even going to a music show, you know, or a drama theater thing that is going on. And I feel like, yeah, people need to escape. It's been tough for people. and. I'm looking forward to a time where the government says, okay, lift, lockdown's lifted. Now you can do this, you can do this, you can do that. And yeah, I think it's, it's going to be exciting. And I feel like people will appreciate being alive and being able to, you know, walk the streets again and do things that make them wake up every morning. Oh, absolutely right. Well, yeah. Etienne, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you. Thanks very much. No worries, no worries. Uh, honestly, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Just let me know if you need anything from me in the future as well. I will do. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. Mm -hmm.